It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFF, SOSS, dot com, at FFF, SOSS, Twitter, Twitch.tv slash AJNick3. Recording this ahead of Rangers Devils Game 7. So if it sounds like I'm in a rush, I just kind of... I'm a little anxious, I'm a little nervous, and you're like, "Hey, why wouldn't you record it?" Because I, it, I have a feeling we're getting overtime tonight, and I don't want to be up recording either elated or sad at 2 a.m. Okay, is that a, is that an okay answer? All right, so that's why we're recording ahead of Rangers Devils Game Seven at the Rock. So we'll talk Stanley Cup playoffs towards the end of the podcast. Uh, quick touch on the NBA playoffs at the end of the podcast and PJ Tour, but at the top of the pod and um, really a f- big football segment because we did have the NFL draft, so we'll recap that. Um, I'll give you some of the storylines and uh, I'll give you three good drafts I liked and three drafts I'm a little concerned about. And, you know, we could go through all 30. I'm not doing that. That's crazy. And also, like, I know a lot of the players. I know a lot of the players of the games that I watch. Um, some of these combine freaks that come out of nowhere, I don't really know because I don't really watch their games. So I, I'm not going to go through each rounds, each each team's one through seven rounds. So we're not doing that. That's crazy. So we'll do uh, NFL Draft Recap into our weekend soccer recap, into a midweek soccer preview, then Seneca playoffs, NBA playoffs, golf, and more on this Tuesday edition of the pot. Kick it off with an NFL draft recap. I think there's about four to five talking points that are emerging from uh, everyone's kind of consensus from the draft over the weekend in Kansas City. And I'd say the top is obviously the quarterbacks. We had three quarterbacks taken in the top four, 14 quarterbacks taken throughout the seven rounds. We had six trades in the first round and teams trading for the same pick teams trading after trading again so we had so many trades in that first round Bama and Georgia 10 picks each three each in the first round they were the stars of the schools when it comes to most players pick for Bama and Georgia 10 each there and then a very interesting trend in the first round remember we only had 31 first round picks 16 of them were on the defensive side of the ball so yes we had the quarterbacks at the top of the draft but the whole story of the first round could be about how many defenders were taken. So we'll touch more about defense in a second, but let's get back to the quarterbacks and go through some more of these storylines a little deeper. Three quarterbacks in the top four. Bryce Young, one overall to Carolina. C.J. Stroud to Houston at two. And the Colts made their move. They made a play for Anthony Richardson. So it's also the ninth time two quarterbacks went one two, and the first time it's been two quarterbacks that have uh, two black quarterbacks that have gone one two, which is really really great. Um, so three QBs in the top four. Will Levis slid to the second round, early second round. Hendon Hooker slid to the third round. So Tennessee goes up and gets Levis in the second round, and Detroit goes up and gets Hendon Hooker in the third round. Speaking of trades, Houston went up to three for Will Anderson and. I saw the argument that the they really traded for C.J. Stroud with what they gave up. They could have taken Anderson, too. And just, so, I don't know. Whatever it is. But 
Um, I, I found that argument, I guess, a little interesting. But Houston traded up to three for Anderson. Arizona went from three to 12, back up to six to grab uh, Paris Johnson, the offensive lineman, to help Kyler Murray out. Philly went up one spot to grab the free-falling Jalen Carter, who a lot of people are saying is the most talented player in the draft, just skill set-wise, and what they can do at their position. Pittsburgh went up to 14, then the Giants went up one, Buffalo went up two, both in front of the Cowboys there uh, in the 20s. So we had six trades in that uh, opening round, which we had a trade into the top three, we had a trade back into the top six, uh, Philly went from 10 to 9, Pittsburgh moved up some spots, the Giants moved up a spot, Buffalo moved up two spots, so a lot of teams at the end of the round trying to get their guy, making sure they get their guy, and then early in the round, same type of thing, but you got to give up a, lot of, a little more collateral, so trades were certainly a storyline. Again, Bama and Georgia, 10 picks each, three first round picks each tied uh, each for the highs in that category. Michigan had nine picks total, and TCU had eight total picks, so good for the Horn Frogs. Top conferences, obviously the big two here. SEC had 62 picks. Big Ten had 54 picks against defense. 16 out of that first 31 with Will Anderson going third overall, and then the little run on defenders eventually after the quarterbacks and some of the linemen there. Um... O-line, speaking of the O-line, Johnson, Wright, Skaronsky, Jones, four of the first 14 picks off the board. So four linemen deep by the time we had hit the 14th pick to the running back position. We had two in the top 12. Used to be kind of common, you would think, where running back was a very uh, integral position to the game. Now it's almost uh, a sin if you draft the uh, running back in the first round. And the first running back taken in the top 10, it was B. John Robinson to the Falcons since Saquon Barkley went to the Giants in 2018. Remember before that, uh, Leonard Fournette went in the top five, Ezekiel Elliott went in the top five. So there has been precedent recently, but it hasn't been, you know, year after year. You got to go back to 2018 for a running back to be drafted in the top 10. This year it was B. John Robinson and then uh, Gibbs out of Bama went 12. So two running backs in the top 12 picks of the first round. Wide receivers. It took a while, but Jackson Smith and Jigba was the first wide receiver taken off the board. He went 20 to Seattle. And then an unprecedented run. Back to back to back to back. Wide receivers. Four in a row with that Smith and Jigba pick starting at 20. Quentin Johnson went uh, 21 to the Chargers. Zay Flowers went 22 to the Ravens. And then Jordan Addison went 23 to the Minnesota Vikings, the first time that had ever happened in the common draft era. Four wide receivers in a row. Tight ends was a popular position, at least in the second round, but the first one was taken. It was Kincaid out of Utah, 25 to Buffalo. Five total tight ends in uh, the second round were taken after that tight end round. So a recap of the first round. Carolina, they traded for uh, Chicago's top overall pick. They select Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama. I think it was pretty simple. He is the best quarterback in the draft for me. I think it's obvious the way he played, the way he willed that Bama team that is supremely talented but still needed um, a, a quarterback to be a leader, to be the guy, to go out there and win them football games. That was Bryce Young for me. Now, Houston takes Stroud at two. 
then really the surprise early on trading back to three trading into three sorry um from 12 there to get will anderson so stroud and will anderson the hopeful face on offense the hopeful face on defense for that houston texans program and organization going forward i i do like stroud i think he is a very good quarterback it does um it's not the best that in those Michigan games, yes, I don't want to blame him in the Michigan games, but he still lost them, you know? He still lost them. Now, Anderson is an outstanding player. I mean, two years ago and even last season, I think a lot of people were like, he's the best player. He's going to go one. And to get him at three, and you already picked a quarterback at two, that's tremendous value for Houston, in my opinion, even though they did give up a lot. Anthony Richardson at four to the Indianapolis Colts. The quarterback out of Florida who I've I don't want to say I've I've run my mouth about that's not what I want to say. Because he is very talented. But again, this is the separation for me from people that are just strictly NFL people and people that watch both college football and the NFL. Because if you watch college football and the NFL and you watch those Florida games with Andy Richardson, You'd say, okay, he's really talented, but what does he do? Does he go out and win the game? Does he go out and make the big play in the big moment? Or does he let the moment get him a little bit or throw a big pick? And again, I don't want to hear about the Florida teams not being good Florida teams. Whatever. You're at Florida. You're going to get kids. It's your job to make them better. You're the quarterback, right? So again, I just don't love it. I don't. I, I think he can be a guy, but I think you're taking a flyer on a guy that wows you with his body, wows you with his um, skill set in shorts and a t-shirt, but when they put the pads on and the games matter from September to now, apparently February, right, in this league, I don't think he does enough Sunday to Sunday because he didn't do enough Saturday to Saturday. That's my point. That's my point. So I just don't, get the Anthony Richardson thing. Besides, besides the fact that he's got a great skill set, he's big, he, fantastic. What did he do on Saturdays? That's my problem with the Anthony Richardson stuff. The disconnect between the NFL-only contingency versus people that watch both college football and the NFL. Because if you watch both, and I put you to the lie detector test, or I said, hey, no mics on, no... What do you think of Anthony Richardson? You say, listen, I bet against Florida all the time. That guy can't win a game. But here we are, and he's the fourth pick in the draft, the third quarterback taken. And I just, I don't know. Listen, Colts fans, if you're listening to this, I know I get a little, I got a little bit of the Rust Belt audience, you know, some Ohioans, some Chicagoans, some Illinois, some Wisconsin people, right? If I have Colts fans, listen, I'm not trying to kill your team. I like Ursay. He's a knucklehead. He's he's a he's good for the game. He mixes it up. He's tweeting on Twitter, being like, maybe we should draft Levis too. Like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? It's hilarious. So I'm not trying to kill the Colts here. I know you could be like, well, AJ, I've been listening to the show for a while. You don't like the Colts. Well, that was because you had Carson Wentz. And I said Carson Wentz is a bum. Okay? But this Richardson thing for me. I just don't love it. I don't love it. Now, even though Seattle is in the top five here and the three quarterbacks are taken in front of them, I think they probably were not going to go quarterback, but I might have been a little surprised that Richardson wasn't there for them to take, maybe. But they go Witherspoon, the DB out of Illinois, who 
between him and Gonzalez, I heard a coin flip between who is going to be the top DB taken. Uh, in this case, it's Witherspoon, who watching some Big Ten ball and seeing Illinois play some teams, a lot of teams that were pretty good did not throw towards Witherspoon. So that's a big sign of respect, even at the collegiate level, that you're not trying to test a guy. Now, Detroit had the sixth pick from L.A., but they traded it to Arizona, and Arizona gets Kyler Murray some help. They get the big man, Johnson, the old lineman out of Ohio State. That's an outstanding pick. He is a player. Vegas stays put at seven, and they go Wilson, the edge guy out of Texas Tech. A lot of people thought that not only Wilson was the top edge guy, but they thought he was the top defensive player. So not only is he not the top defensive player, he's not the top edge guy because Anderson is both. So uh, they take Wilson at seven. Atlanta then made their play for B. John Robinson. And Atlanta has got some playmakers on that offense. It's going to be interesting to see if Dustin Ritter can be a point guard and uh, facilitate because Bijan's a good player. And Drake London they hit on and Kyle Pitts they hit on. So we'll see what happens in Atlanta there. Could be a interesting uh, mediocre team like an 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and you know, 7-10 and ten, kind of in there where they're in games, they're beating teams, and then they lose a game where you're like, what the hell, how'd you lose that game? So. I think that's the, the forecast for Atlanta, at least next year. Uh, the Bears had the ninth pick. They traded it to Philly. That's where Philly took Jalen Carter, who a lot of people argue is the best player in this draft. Eagles just get richer up front on defense, and um, they drafted really well. They drafted really well. Give them credit. Give them credit. So the Bears were at 10. They take right. The second offensive lineman off the board, this one out of Tennessee. Then Skaronsky went back-to-back there, O-lineman out of Northwestern uh, to Tennessee at 11. So 10 and 11, the offensive lineman. 12, Houston from Cleveland, then traded to Arizona, then traded to Detroit. It was Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama. 13 was Green Bay from the Jets out of the Rodgers trade. They get Van Ness out of Iowa. Then the Pats traded their 14th pick uh, to Pittsburgh, who came up and got Jones, the tackle out of Georgia. Jets at 15 took McDonald, the linebacker out of Iowa State, where I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you could have got this guy later. This might have been a guy that they saw was hot. They were high up on, but I don't know. It didn't seem like it seemed like. Watching Kuyper and those guys at at the time being like, hey, what the hell? I don't know. I don't know. So Then we had the Commanders take Forbes, another DB. This one out of Mississippi State. Then Gonzalez went to the Pats at 17. So the Pats are going to argue that we had their best DB. That's one of our top-ranked defensive guys. We got him at 17. Like, Okay, fine. So Forbes and Gonzalez go back-to-back DBs there. Then Campbell, the linebacker, out of Iowa to Detroit. Again, another situation where Detroit at... 12 and 18 you might be sitting there a couple years being like we had two picks and look at all the guys we missed because I think Gibbs I I loved him at Alabama I think he fits in especially with the move they made later which we'll get to in a second uh, freeing up some carries and touches in their backfield so I think Gibbs is a good move but you probably could have got him later and apparently you probably could have got this Campbell guy later as well Uh, can't see the DT from Pitt went to Tampa Bay and here come the receivers, 20 through 23. Seattle takes Smith and Jigba. The Chargers, 21, take Quinton Johnson out of TCU. 22, Baltimore takes Zay Flowers out of BC. And then 23, Jordan Addison takes, or Minnesota takes Jordan Addison out of USC. 
So there's the run of receivers four in a row. Unprecedented, as I mentioned previously. Jacksonville had 24. They traded to the Giants. Giants come up and get their own defensive back, Banks, out of Maryland. Then um, Jacksonville again traded to Buffalo after they swapped one with the Giants. Buffalo jumps the Cowboys from 27 to 25. They take the tight end, Kincaid, out of Utah. A lot of people between him and some other tight ends um, and Michael Mayer, really. But the Utah tight end, Kincaid, taken first. Dallas finally picks at 26 after two teams straight ahead of them. They take Mazzy Smith, the defensive tackle out of Michigan. And uh, if you haven't seen it already, very funny scene with Mike of, uh, Parsons, who I think was doing the Bleacher Report draft watch along. And he showed his text messages to Dan Quinn. He said, Michigan, DT, get me him. And Dan Quinn was like, I'm about that. So they drafted the guy, Michael Warren, and there you go. Uh, Jacksonville then finally picked at 27 after making two trades at 24 and 25. They take Harrison, the offensive tackle, out of Oklahoma. Then we had back-to-back -back Clemson guys, 28 and 29. It was 28, Cincinnati, Miles Murphy, the edge guy out of Clemson, who is a very, very good player. And then 29, Brian Breesey, who a lot of people in October who watch college football were like, hey, this guy is like a top 10 pick. And he has top 10 production. That's for damn sure. I mean, he's a player. That guy's a player. He makes big plays and big moments, and he is going to New Orleans to help bolster that defensive front. So the D-tackle, Breesey, goes to New Orleans at 29. Then 30, Philly got Nolan Smith, another Georgia guy. And then 21, KC got an edge guy out of K-State, uh, Andiki Uzoma. So that's the first round recap. I'd say the best drafts, Eagles keep drafting Georgia defenders. He's trying to put together that whole defense um, they get Ringo as well, I think, in the fourth round, I'm pretty sure. So, Carter, Smith, and Ringo coming over to say what up to their buddies that were already on the team. Whom's, of course, is big man Davis and Nicole Dean. And then they also traded for DeAndre Swift. So, they got another Georgia guy, which, I listen, Eagles have a good team. They have a talented team. They got a good quarterback. They just paid him. They know this is their opportunity to win, and he's bringing in a lot of young guys that can help him on defense, and uh, they're, a good, they're a good football team. I think Seattle had a really nice draft, had a lot of picks, um, did well. I don't love the first pick in Witherspoon, but if they have him as their top DB and that's who they wanted at five after all the quarterbacks went, hey, then they got their guy. And then at 20 to start the run on receivers – you knew they were going to take one, and the fact that they had the pick of the litter at 20, I'm sure they were ecstatic. And then I like the Steelers draft. Trying to help Kenny out on offense with some of the picks on the line. On defense, they really support what they're doing, which is build around TJ Watt and, and hopefully get him in as many single coverages as possible against a tackle, but you really don't have that often, but you're trying to do it, so... I like those three drafts. I like the Cowboys draft enough. I think you got to get a tight end. They got Schoomaker. Um, the Deuce Vaughn pick still leaves it open for Zeke because Deuce Vaughn could be a third back with Zeke and Tony Pollard. I don't think there's there's enough carries for everybody there, so that would be interesting. But the clip of Deuce Vaughn's dad, who is a scout for the Cowboys, making the call to Deuce to tell him that they're drafting him. You want to come work with me next week? Like That was so sweet. Um, if you need a good little tearjerker, 
Jerry got me too, a little teary eyed when he said it. it's every ounce of, you, of me making this call you deserve. Like, ah, Jer, he got me, Jer. You know, so that was a beautiful moment. Um, I felt bad for the Levis crew because you hate to see the quarterbacks sitting in the green room and the cameras. I will say this. Uh, hopefully, I don't get in trouble for this. His girlfriend is stunning, and um, his sisters are also very, very pretty. That's all I'm going to say. I don't I don't think I can get in trouble by saying that. You can admit people are attractive. His girlfriend is very, very pretty, and his sisters are very, very pretty as well. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to I'm not going crazy. I'm not going to say anything anything too, you know, risque. They're very, very pretty. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, worst drafts. I mean, the Jets gave up a lot, so they're not going to have a ton of picks. They didn't. And I don't really love what the Jets did with their draft. I think they're really a pretty strong roster, and you bring in Rodgers, so you don't need to really do much. But to take guys ahead of where other teams have them, either you look really, really right or really, really wrong. So we'll see what happens with the Jets. But it's nothing. It's, it's just like they had so few picks, and I'm looking at the picks. I'm like, ugh, okay. Commanders, I don't really know what they're doing, what direction they're going in. They're going to give Sam Howell, obviously, a shot. To It's really his job. He's kind of QB1. But what's their play? Are they going to... Are they going to tank for Caleb Williams? Like, who's going to do it? Or even Drake May is a good... But Caleb Williams, like, I heard Carson Palmer say it. I heard a lot of other people say it. Caleb Williams would have been the number one quarterback taken in the draft, number one pick, if he came out this year. And I don't really disagree. As much as I love Bryce Young, if you said Caleb Williams came out, I'd say, okay, he's a little bit bigger and he does a little more things. I'll take Caleb. Even though I love Bryce Young. Everybody knows I love Bryce Young. Everybody knows that. So, um, the commanders, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Take a DB early, Okay. But that was after a lot of DBs were taken. So you, what are you going to tell me? That was your top guy? Okay, fine. Um, the Cardinals had an interesting one. I think moving up for Johnson is a play. That's smart. Try to help out Kyler Murray. Because he's been hurt in these seasons and not been able to be 100% down the stretch for you to compete, to try to get into the postseason and continuously. Because you did get, make it two years ago, right? Yeah, they lost the Rams. But um, I don't know. It just Eagles had a really good draft. Um, Giants and Cowboys had good draft. Commanders didn't. I didn't really necessarily hate what the Packers did, but I didn't love it. Like typical Packers, when you have all the receivers there and you take uh, a linebacker when you're trying to bring Jordan Love in. Like uh, Rogers probably shot him a text. Like get get used to it, kid. Like they picked you when I needed a receiver, and they're not gonna pick a receiver because you're just coming in. Like, that's just not how it's going to work. So, uh, that was a little amusing. Bears are going to try to be good, which uh, it'd be really good if the Chicago Bears are a good football team. It's good for the league uh, when Chicago's good. Having big, big, meaningful games in that in that stadium. That's a historical stadium. I understand they want to like move from it, and it's a big deal and all that kind of stuff, but... I don't know. When I saw Soldier Field, I was like, wow, that's Soldier Field, man. That's cool. Like, a lot of things have gone down there. But, yeah, so I would say 
and again, worst draft. Like, what if the Jets hit on all four picks and they're like studs? Well, I'm sitting here being like, well, I didn't like their draft. It doesn't matter. Like, none of it matters. Can you get these guys to play in your system? Can you develop them? Can they become starters? Can you sign them to second contracts? That's really the sign of a draft class. How many guys are you signing to second contracts over and over again? So, um, again, some really nice moments. Um, Tough one for the Levis crew to sit overnight there. Obviously, flew home. Good for them to get out of there. I would have, no way you're seeing me in the green room two nights in a row. Like, I'm not doing that. Um, but it does happen. We've seen it happen. Obviously, Brady Quinn and Rodgers and so many other quarterbacks have sat there and seen the cameras show up and wait for their turn to be called. And, you know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it works out. All right, uh, other NFL headlines, not really draft-related. Lamar does get his new deal with the Ravens. Five for 260, 185 guaranteed. And I'll say this. He better go back to that old style of playing that got him the MVP and not the style that I've been spot on about not competing with. Going to be very interesting. That's all I'm going to say there. I'm not going to go crazy. You're not going to get me um, to say anything wild. That's not what we're doing. Okay. Um, but he's getting a lot of money now. Will he return to that MVP form and style? Because as you've seen the last couple of years now, when he's been hurt, he is not suited up. And, hey, I'm not going to knock him for it. But now he said I did do that because I wasn't financially ready and I wasn't healthy 100%. So I'm not going to push it if I'm not financially covered and also not healthy enough, which is fine. Hey, that's fine. But now you should be healthy and you should be financially covered. So let's see. Let's see what it is. Let's see what it is. Let's see if he comes back to... That form. Lions trade DeAndre Swift to the Eagles. It's a good move for the Eagles. They lost Miles Sanders. Um, they bring in another back that is shifty, that has that home run ability, that is good running the football and catching the football. So DeAndre Swift goes to the Eagles. Uh, Jerry, again, has not left uh, the door closed on Ezekiel return yet. Well, Stephon Gilmore does have to do is change his number if that does happen because 21 is Zeke's number, as we know. So um, Zeke return is possible, which I hope I hope it happens. Jags, uh, Robinson, the big tackle, is going to be suspended, violating the PED policy, so we'll see how many games that comes out to. Bills signed Latavius Murray to help out their backfield, and they're predicting that the NFL schedule will be out May 11th. That's what they're predicting. All right. Footy weekend soccer recap uh, from last Thursday. We had Everton, Newcastle. Newcastle smashed them. Callum Wilson, Joe Ellington, Wilson for his brace. Uh, a McNeil corner went all the way through to make it 3-1, but then a Murphy goal wrapped it up and sealed the points for Newcastle. Southampton, Bournemouth, six-pointer. Bournemouth wins it 1-0. Tavenier, another goal for the Cherry. Tottenham, Man U. Man U went up 2-0. Goals from Gene Sancho and Marcus Rasher gave United that 2-0 lead, but then Pedro Poro made it 2-1, and then Humming Son got the equalizer point split 
in London, tier two. Or one points fine. All right, weekend, Crystal Palace, West Ham. What a match this was. Crystal Palace went to 4-3. Suchek started the scoring for West Ham. IU leveled it. Zaha made it 2-1, Crystal Palace. Schlupp made it 3-1, Crystal Palace. Antonio pulled one back for West Ham. But as a penalty, made it 4-2. Aguard made it 4-3. But West Ham cannot find an equalizer. So four goals for the home side at Selhurst Park. And they win it by one. Brentford and Forrest. Brentford win it 2-1. Danilo opened the scoring for Forrest. This is a heartbreaker for Forrest. Tony, free kick equalizer where the wall broke and turned the wrong way, so it should never have gone in. And then stoppage time when Forrest were down to 10 men, not because they had a player sent off, because Steve Cooper used all his uh, substitution windows and then an injury occurred. So he made separate substitutions, ran out of the three windows, um, and therefore, they could not substitute on another player. The Silva, good move to cut it inside and then beat Navis at the near post when I think everybody thought he was going to go far post, and that was the winner in stoppage time. Brentford 2, Forest 1. Brighton Wolves, Brighton had their day. 6-0 over Wolves. Ndav got the opener. Gross had a brace. Welbeck had a brace then, and Dov got his own brace. So, Six goals, three goal scorers for Brighton. You figure it out. Bournemouth leads. Bournemouth win it 4-1. A six-pointer goes the way of the Cherries. So that's two wins in, what, three days there? Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, three days there for Bournemouth. So Lerma had a brace. Bamford pulled one back for Leeds, but then Solanke and Samayo gave Bournemouth their three points assured. Fulham, Man City. City went at 2-1. Holland penalty made it 1-0. Vinicius leveled it for Fulham, but then a great goal from Julian Alvarez gave City the lead that they would not relinquish. City go above Arsenal now in charge of the Prem. Manu Villa, Manu went at 1-0. A Bruno Fernandez goal gave United the three points. Newcastle, Southampton, Newcastle went at 3-1. Armstrong started the scoring for Southampton, but then a... Wilson goal, an own goal, gave Newcastle lead, and then Wilson for his brace, made it 3-1. Liverpool-Tottenham, what a match this was at Anfield. It finishes 4-3 Liverpool, but Jones had Anfield bouncing early. Luis Diaz doubled the Liverpool lead inside the first six minutes. Then a Mo Salah penalty after Cody Gakpo was taken down by Romero in the box, made it 3-0. And this is all inside, what, the opening 25, if I'm not mistaken. So 3-0 Liverpool. Kane pulls one back for Tottenham. Coming Sohn gets Tottenham second, so they're down 3-2, headed into stoppage time. A set piece, Richarlison, back post, first goal of the season in the Premier League is a stoppage time equalizer against Liverpool at Anfield. The longtime Evertonian villain strikes for Tottenham, but only 99 seconds later, Ball falls to Lucas Mora, who plays it back to his keeper because he's out of position at right wing back. But Diogo Jota jumps on it first and puts it past Frazier Foster with Lloris out. And Liverpool win it at the death 4-3. They were up 3-0. They conceded three straight, one in stoppage time to level it. And then they found one more goal, Diogo Jota, to win it. Klopp. Went crazy, pulled his hamstring, yelling at the fourth official, who is a vehicle for Paul Tierney because Paul Tierney apparently doesn't like Liverpool, which is true. I'm shocked he even gave the penalty to begin with, to be fair. But um, 
some of the fouls down the stretch. Again, the fouls that Mo Salah doesn't get are really criminal because an English player goes over when they're breathed on and they get a call. So that's crazy to me. But um, Klopp saying that it's fair play because he is yelling at the ref and he pulled his hamstring is so funny. It's like, yeah, that's fair play. <laughs> yeah, it's hamstring fair play. Fair play. So 4-3 Liverpool win it. Uh, Monday, what a match. This was a classic six-pointer. But it ended with both teams sharing a point apiece. Leicester City 2, Everton 2. Calvert-Lewin opened it up from the spot for Everton. Soichu got it level. Then a Jamie Vardy goal made it 2-1 Leicester City. Then a crazy sequence where Calvert-Lewin missed a sitter like inside the six-yard box. All he had to do was turn it in. Going the other way, Vardy counterattack, turns Kane around and uh, nearly chipped Pickford, but it goes off the crossbar and out. Then later in the first half, because they had so much stoppage time because Seamus Coleman unfortunately got injured. Hopefully he's okay, the captain of the Evertonians. Ball goes forward for Leicester City. It goes off Kane's hand in the box. Penalty. Madison goes down the middle. His England teammate, Pickford stays in the middle and cat and punches it away. So the penalty saved. 2-1 Leicester City going into halftime, but it was a Wobi who jumped on a second ball off a cross where Calvert-Lewin and a couple other um, Leicester City defenders went for a cross. It falls to a Wobi near the back stick and he slams it past Iverson, 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 Iverson. To make it 2-2, and that's how it stayed. So each team get a point. La Liga, Real Madrid, 4, Almeria, 2. Benzema, first half hat-trick, and Rodrigo got the fourth. Barca beat Batiste, 4-0. Christensen, Lewandowski, Rafinha on the score sheet. And Atletico beat Valladolid, 5-2. Syria, Roma, AC Milan split the points, 1-1. It was nil-nil for a long time. Tommy Abraham gave Roma the lead in the 93rd minute, but a Salmaker's equalizer in the 97th split the points. Turin and Atlanta. Atalanta win it 2-1. Inter and Lazio. Inter win it 2-1. Uh, Latoro Martinez, I think, had a brace, and Goosens had a goal as well. Napoli, Salatina, Calcio. It was rocking at the Maradona, especially when Oliviera put Napoli up 1-0, but Calcio, Salatina, Calcio levels it, and the Scudetto is on hold. Bologna and Juventus tie 1-1. Milik scored for Juventus. Bundesliga, Dortmund draw 1-1 against Bochum. That could be costly. Union Berlin, Leverkusen draw 0-0. Leipzig beat Hoffenheim 1-0. It was an Nkuku goal. And Bayern Munich beat Hertha Berlin 2-0. So just like that, Dortmund and Bayern still fighting for that title. Gnabry and Komen, the goal scorers for Bayern Munich. PSG lost to Laurent. Uh, Loren went, uh, they won 3-1, and Hakimi got sent off. Midweek soccer preview, Arsenal and Chelsea did not play over the weekend, and they are set to play on Tuesday, a classic London derby. Chelsea just want to end the season. Arsenal are still fighting for a title, even though it does seem like it's going to fall on, um, it's going to fall short. It's going to fall short after leading until this point. It's going to fall short. Because Man City just look like an absolute titan and they don't look like they're going to drop points anytime soon. So Arsenal will have to be perfect and still need help. They take on a rival who could add to the spoil here. 
But Chelsea, to me, has just seemed like a side that wants this season to end. A lot of players want out of London. Uh, the fact that they have these kind of separate dressing rooms or it's not big enough space for all the, the players that are on the roster, that's so concerning. That's not how you build a squad. And everyone's going to be on Arsenal here because Arsenal need it, right? Of course. But what do you think about Chelsea trying to play spoiler? It is possible. That's all I'll say. It is possible, Samina. I don't think they'll do it, but it is possible. Arsenal should get three points. Liverpool-Fulham and Man City-West Ham on Wednesday. Liverpool-Fulham. I don't believe Mitrovic uh, is back yet. I think he still needs one more game. So Liverpool trying to force a perfect run-in from Newcastle and Man U because they are ahead of them. But if Liverpool keep winning, that gap could get smaller if Newcastle or Man U drop points. But it seems like it is a very outside shot for Liverpool to get top four. Uh, they wasted that with the results in the middle of the year. And it's going to come down to them needing help to get it secure, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So, um, But they should be full. Man City, West Ham, listen, West Ham are fighting for relegation, but they're, they should be ahead of it and out of it. Uh, Man City are fighting for a title. End of story. City. La Liga, Barca, Osuna, Real Sociedad, Real Madrid, Atletico Cadiz are the midweek matches. Serie A, we have midweek action in Italy. Atalanta, Spezia, Calcio, Juve, Lecce, Lazio, Sassuolo, AC Milan play, Cremonese, Monza, host Roma, Hells Verona, host Inter, uh, Napoli play Thursday, I believe. So we'll talk about that on the Thursday show. Stanley Cup playoffs. Eastern Conference, Florida, Boston. The Panthers force a game seven after winning in their building in game six. And all they do in Boston is tie the game late, force it to OT, and win in game seven and go to the next round. They upset the President's Trophy-winning team. They upset one of the greatest regular season teams in the history of the NHL. And they are one of the greatest regular season teams in the NHL because they do not have the postseason success to back it up and say we are one of the best teams ever because they are out in the first round to the Florida Panthers in seven games on home ice in overtime. Now, you could say, um, and I'm seeing people in the Bruins camp especially say that the knob save that was the goal, and that was the chance, and after that did not go in, you knew you were losing. Well, you lost. So Panthers move on. Bruins go home. Panthers will play the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are making the second round for the first time since 2004, if I'm not mistaken. Leafs win game six in overtime to eliminate the Lightning, so it's Toronto and Florida in one conference final. Carolina win game six on the island. The Hurricanes eliminate the Islanders. At UBS, so Hurricanes are sitting around waiting for the winner of the Rangers Devil Series because the Devils won Game Five, but the Rangers force a Game Seven by winning Game Six at MSG. The series is tied two-two after uh, both teams on the road had won both games uh, in Games One and Two and Games Three and Four. Now the home team has won Games Five and Six, and we will have a Game Seven in uh, about 20 minutes of me recording this. So that's why I'm kind of trying to wrap this up, get ready for the game. So it'll be Hurricanes. Devils or Hurricanes Rangers in the second round of the Eastern Conference. Western Conference, another upset. Colorado out. They forced a game seven with a win in Seattle. But the Kraken win game seven, and they advance to face the Dallas Stars, who ended the Minnesota Wild season in Minnesota in game six. So it'll be 
cracking stars in the second round. And then the other series, the Golden Knights knocked off Winnipeg in five games. They were waiting around for the winner of the Kings and Oilers, who became the Oilers, who won game six in L.A. to eliminate the Kings. So Vegas and Edmonton and Seattle and Dallas in the West. How about the NBA? In the East, the Heat beat the Knicks in game one after the Heat upset the Bucks in their series. Knicks knocked off the Cavs in the first round, so Heat beat the Knicks in game one, steal home court right away. Celtics Sixers starts on Monday ahead of this game seven with the Rangers and Doles, so I got nothing for you there, but Joel Embiid will not play the first game, which, listen, this Celtics team I think is better than the Sixers, just looking at it and seeing what I've read, um, but Embiid is a very big equalizer, that's for sure, so if they can get him healthy for the rest of the series after missing game one, it's not the worst thing in the world, that's for sure. So that's a good series, so those are the two series in the East. How about the West? Lakers beat the Grizzlies in six, and the Warriors knock off the Kings in game seven in Sacramento. That sets up Steph versus LeBron again, which is very exciting. Lakers, Warriors in the second round of the West, and then the Nuggets and the Suns are already in the second round. Nuggets take game one over Phoenix. PGA Tour news. Tony Finau wins the Mexico Open. I told you he's either going to be Rom or Finau. Most likely, if you could have exact a box them like course racing, that's that would have been a payout for sure. Uh, Finau starting to close the deal more often. That's his fourth win in his last 18 starts. Now, does that translate to a major championship this year? We'll see. We will see. But a big win for Tony Finau, his fourth win in the last 18 months in the Mexico Open, where him and Rom were really the two, um, the two stars of the field, that's for sure. And playing with uh, Akshay Batati, who was on a lot of good, good videos, and I think Bob does sports as well? No, maybe not Bob does sports. but He's on a good, good video, so that's for sure. That's how I know him. Uh, so, Fina wins the Mexico Open. Next week is the Wells Fargo. The week after that is Byron Nelson. And the week after that, we have our second major championship of the season, the PGA Championship. So, so close to another golf major. We got a great uh, time to be a sports fan, that's for sure. You got hockey and basketball playoffs obviously you got baseball every night if you want to just kind of chill watch nine innings we just had the nfl draft so you got a little football out of the way and now soccer coming to the end of their season deciding so many champions so plenty to talk about great season to be a sports fan everybody enjoy the game sevens and the game ones so we'll talk to you and recap them on thursday until then peace That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.